forever. Dog! Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast, Scary Scary Stories Stories to Tell on the Pod. Pod. It is a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, spooky things that you tell us about. It is primarily a comedy podcast about scary things. So it's like um, if Dom DeLuise was stuck underneath an ancient pyramid and uh, he was being chased by scarabs. Yes, it's very much Abbott and Costello meet the mummy and not mm-hmm. like 2017 mummy. Correct, which, you know, classic flop and Abbott and Costello meet the mummy, classic hit. So what Was does that it? tell you? That's good. Comedians work cheap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is one of those podcasts where the hosts make it about themselves instead of doing actual research. So I'm so sorry. And just as a heads up, it's there's nothing wrong if you don't like that. And I think it's great that you don't like that. And this just might not be for you if that's what – if you're looking for a well-researched, truly frightening podcast. And here's the thing. You're right. Um, mm-hmm. It's just that no one has ripped the microphones out of our house yet. Um, <laughs> out of our cold, dead hands. Out of our cold, dead houses. So um, <laughs> this uh, this summer, we're sort of um, – since summer camp is shut down, we're all craving connection to other humans. We are doing a little summer camp series where we are um, taking a break from our regularly scheduled programming of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, collected by Alvin Schwartz with drawings by Stephen Gamble. We're bringing you your own listener-submitted stories about scary things that did or didn't happen to you in your sleep or life. That is correct. Um, Also, just anything scary that you email us, we will legally read on the podcast. (laughs) It might take us a while. And listen, we do go out of order which we're very sorry about. So if if you've been waiting a long time, I, I'm so sorry. Uh, we just we we think unlaterally. That's not a word, is it? Un unilaterally is a word. Unilaterally means like across all fronts. I guess what I'm looking at the word. What's the word where something's out of order? Um, but uh, screwy. Yeah, we go we go through it pretty screwily. So like, um. <laughs> Also, if you've sent something and it's been forever and you're like, I've had enough of this, you can just ping us again because yeah. it's it's just Anna and I and, you know, um, we wish we had some interns, but we don't. Uh, and so, you know, we our brains are bad. And so it's hard for us to sort through these emails. But um, we do read all of them. We love all of them. Um, and yeah. hopefully we'll get to all of them someday. Our audio engineer is a small fat chihuahua <laughs> um, and Jason, and Jason, my, my only boyfriend. Um, <laughs> the other ones were furloughed, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're uh, like, what's the difference between being furloughed and laid off? And they Googled it. It was a whole big thing. And they're like worried to text each other because like I gave them those phones. <laughs> and they're pretty sure that I hack into them, quote unquote, but they don't know how that would work. And they're afraid to like Google it to find Anna out. Very generously gives all of her boyfriend's phones. I just like to know that they can get in touch with me because, um, you know, if I try to, there just been, have been times where they're like, oh, I can't video chat because my phone is too small. I just, 
I want to make it easy for them because we've been communicating mostly via a paid website. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I don't want them talking to other girls. So, oh boy, I get them a phone. And that is just me repeating a storyline from 90 Day Fiance. Is that scary? Oh. Yes. Is it I- spooky? No. You've been recommending that to me for a while. I've seen I've seen individual episodes. I've not seen it in continuity. Oh, that was the word I was looking for. It's uh, continuity earlier. Um, Got it. Uh, we have a lack of continuity in how we respond to or how we read uh, emails to the podcast. Um, yes. But I've, I've not been able to invest in storylines in 90 Day Fiance, which I'm looking forward to at some point. They are excellent. Highly recommend Before the 90 Days. Um and the oh. other way, these are the two kookiest franchises. Before the 90 days is they're not engaged yet. They're just okay. sort of like, it's like it, catfishing, but if it were real. Um, yeah. And then um, the other way is where they can't afford the K-1 visa, so they go simply to the country where the other person lives. Oh, wow. Pretty nice. That they do. feels like it could be a very good monster movie. One way or the other. Like, either... 90 Day Fiance comes to America, finds out this person is a monster, or a person goes to like Romania and their, you know, uh, love interest is like a vampire or something. Yeah, that. Where have we been talking about that? Yeah, as soon as I was saying it, I was like, yeah. Is this an idea that someone has told me before? (laughs) I think maybe, but I don't think so. This is again, this is what happens with zero stimuli. Sometimes, like, um, I, I I know I've talked about on the podcast before that I keep having screenplay ideas that I then realize are incredibly popular movies that already exist. Uh, and that we're all just like, I had an idea the other day where I was like, what about a movie about animals who get lost? And then I was like, oh, that's Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. Oh, no. Look, animals don't know anything and they're getting lost all the time. <laughs> yeah, there's more. There's room for more than one Animals Get Lost movie. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like having a good idea just means it's relatable. And if it's relatable, it's just finding the balance between recognizable enough to register with like fresh enough that no one has said it yet. Take my class. Thank you. Um, and and I will. Uh, yeah. Should we kick off with some of these stories? I think so. Um, okay. I think you should, you should start. This is what's been happening and it makes me feel comfortable. Okay. That's fine by me. Because okay. then, uh, the other thing. This Ooh. is an old, this is an old one. I will just say. Um, I'm we're digging back this. into the archives. Is this from beginning of Quar? This is from beginning of Quar. Wow. Remember? Yeah. Remember when remember when they said it was gonna be two weeks? Does everyone remember that? That was wild. I don't. Oh, That's great. To, it's so funny. I remember like wh- <laughs> it being two weeks and then being like, what what am I gonna do? Two weeks in my apartment? Now I just laugh and laugh. Am I allowed to touch my own doors? <laughs> well, what? What, how, what am I gonna do? Sit on my elbows? Oh boy. And now we're all just little little castaways. Um, Okay, here we go. Hello, Andrew and Anna. I've had this email written for a while, about a month, but I couldn't find the email address. Ack! I wasn't... (laughs) (laughs) This is from Kathy. Uh, I wasn't going to send, but when Andrew mentioned the senator who turned into water on X-Men on this most recent episode... Yeah, this is an old one. I took as a sign to put in some effort. As a fun side note, oh, I used to work with Chris at Apple. Oh... (gasps) Okay, I know who this person is. Oh, fun. That's fun. Okay, we love this. this. Connections. Chris is my husband. Um, We're gay together. 
they're freaking gay and they got gay married in a gay in a gay place yeah we got it was it was an old ymca space called roulette doesn't get much gayer than that everybody the whole okay. place was just looking at you while talking shit about you to oh, its friends i got married in where like all of the movie uh, all of the series poses shot like the ballroom <gasps> poses no way yeah oh, that's so it's, good it's a great wedding venue and also great if you if you want to have a ball Really hard um, place to park, though. I don't know how they very managed Very hard. I very don't know how park. they did it. Uh, okay. I know that you've already covered the Haunted Road theme, which I didn't think would come up so quickly given how specific it is. But while this may not function as podcast material, I thought you would probably enjoy just the same. I am from St. Charles, Illinois, a western Chicago suburb that is about as heartland as it gets. Think Thomas Kincaid meets Grapes of Wrath. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Um, who were introduced to one another by Vince Vaughn at a Cubs game. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Wow. Most notably, there is one big spooky that most people from that area will know, Munger Road. That sounds terrible. Munger. You got to stay away from the Munger Road. Uh, Munger is a road that runs through one of the wealthier counties. It cuts through some towns that have re- that have remained intentionally rural read fancy people with horses. <laughs> so, so one's experience driving through is that of a heavily wooded, poorly lit forest road with the sporadic glow of house win- of house windows cutting through the trees. A train track cuts through a low point on Munger, and as the legend goes, there was a school bus that stalled on the dip and was hit by a train, killing all the kiddies on board. Yeah. The term kiddies, this could be the Crypt Keeper. Um, all the little kitties. All the kitties. The time period is never established, but as the tale is spread, it took on a fable-like quality, and you would always add, and that's why school buses have to stop and open the door at railroad tracks, just to ground your lies in a smackling of truth. <laughs> hey, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. Office Hours Live recorded another episode live. It was one of our great ones with the great Rory Scovel, who's got a new special out on MAX. Oh, yeah. And the Trinity's here. DJ Doug Pound. Yes, hello. And Victor Berger the Fourth. Hi, hi, hi. Can't wait for the fifth. We enjoy the heck out of doing the show, and so will you. If you find us on the podcast app of your choice, now. Oh my God. Smackling of Truth is the name of this podcast. I like that. Smackling sounds like um, something crispy that you roast in the oven. I like that. <laughs> I didn't eat it. Uh, it's, can- it- oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say it's just sugar and butter, but like <laughs> it's like the staple dish of Norway or something. Yeah. And then that's all they eat for two months out of the year. And everyone yeah, yeah, yeah. dies at the end. It's really um, salty. If considerable child death weren't enough, the legend continues that if you go there in your car at night, some say midnight, but I think the sun just got to be gone, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, park on the tracks and cover your vehicle in baby powder or flour so that your windows are blocked out and eventually you will see the handprints of small children start to appear in the white dust. What? That, That requires a lot of planning from teens. This is a lot. I think the kids get younger and younger the longer the story goes on. They're now kindergartners. (laughs) In some instances, people say their car begins to get pushed uphill. The children attempting to save you from the train. Oh, that's nice. Uh, uh. 
The legend is so popular that there was a feature film entitled Munger Road from 2011 that starred none other than, you guessed it, Bruce Davison, the liquid senator himself. Wow. <laughs> it all comes back. It all comes back to Mr. Puddle. I do remember seeing that movie. I saw X-Men, the first one, in theaters when I, on like my 12th birthday. And um, when when the senator turns into the like liquid blob, I remember feeling like <laughs> I'm never going to be the same after this. <laughs> you were. It was very scary to me. That's the day you started liking improv. That was the day. I was like, sports? No thanks. Okay. <laughs> uh, a few friends and I decided to put this to the test in 2007. Something to note before I recount, I am the offspring of, Port- of a Puerto Rican mother who can literally predict people's deaths. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to write a follow-up email on that one. <laughs> yes. Please. please. You must. Um, Puerto Ricans are a notoriously superstitious, hyperbolizing, staunchly believing in, but abjectly fearful of all things, occult population of people. Wow. Andrew's words, not the email, obviously. That, that's true. I, I will also say um, in reading this, that description perfectly encapsulates uh, an Irish upbringing as well. So it's good to know that there are connections all over the place. <laughs> it's funny how many like just full on Catholic countries you can be like, yeah, we're witches. <laughs> I think I do think it is a Catholic thing, which I would suspect many Irish and Puerto Rican people would have in common. We gotta um, love the Pope and ghosts. When you say when you say that there can be exorcisms, it just opens up a whole slew of possibility to be terrified. Yeah. When um, when your when your bread snack turns into a dead preacher from <laughs> like two thousand years ago, you're spooky. Yeah, that is spooky. And you can't that that is goth and you can't say it's not. All Catholics are goth. You heard it here first. I hate to break it to you. Um, okay. Uh, basically what that means is I have been groomed since birth to be afraid of things that don't exist. I digress. It was May and the wind brought the first warm inkling of summer. We decided to wait for a full moon, hoping perhaps misguidedly that it would further stir whatever forces were at play. There were three of us present, two of us frightened at the mere suggestion of seeing something ghostly. The other one was a stone cold motherfucker. Her views on the supernatural lay more in the average person is an idiot and and their perception of things can't be trusted camp. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I want to know her. Um, We drove out to Munger completely swallowed by a rural night. Our car headlights being the only source of light we had. If it hadn't been for the ghost hunting, it would have been a gorgeous evening. I don't remember silence specifically, but absolutely no one spoke during the 20 to 30 minute drive. Our fearless leader in the driver's seat, knowing full well that either one of her two companions would probably Tokyo drift our asses home before arriving, <laughs> given the chance. <laughs> Tokyo drift our asses. I love that verb. Okay. Um, we got to the tracks and began dusting the windows in baby powder. Oh, wow. They're doing the whole thing. Um, the front windshield was particularly difficult to get good coverage on. The whole process probably took us about another 30 minutes. I was thankful for the busy work as it took my mind off my spiked levels of anxiety. It is worth noting, not that physical type actually communicates anything specific about a person. There is something kind of cinematic slash poetic about my being a six foot, 235 pound rugby player and our driver being a five foot, nothing, 115 pound soaking wet valedictorian. You know what? It's a movie. This is a movie. It's gotta be a movie. Um, we got back in the car and sat. We had agreed that we would wait two hours. If nothing happened, we would bounce. About an hour and a half into waiting, we were jolted to attention by a massive slam on the back hood of the car. 
My tongue went completely numb and my yeah. spine turned icy. Oh, we whipped our heads around to the back but couldn't see anything out the windows because, you know, we had covered it in thick white powder. I both desperately wanted to see handprints and desperately did not. Five seconds pass. Ten seconds pass. And that's when a bright red glow engulfed the interior of the car and the cabin started to shake. I closed my eyes and tried to greet death with dignity as I was certain we had just opened the hellmouth of, hung- of Munger. Precisely 12 seconds after the noise, our driver kicked on the engine and floored it. It is a true testament to my insufferableness that I was able to feel pretty smug in that moment. I thought she had finally met her match and couldn't handle it. A few hundred feet down the road, she turns to us, any semblance of warmth drained from her face, and she says, Holy fuck, we almost got hit by that train. (gasps) The thought hadn't even crossed my mind. The thud was the barrier slamming down on the trunk. (gasps) The county prefers the quiet, so there's no bell alerting of the train. Rich people with horses, you need to be stopped. You need to be stopped. The bell is necessary. Your horses can deal with it. (gasps) Oh, my God. So that's my story. (laughs) Thanks for the podcast, guys. Many a dog walk you have both accompanied me on. Very best, Jonathan. Thank you. Should wow. we say they signed it with their full name? So I think we say. Okay. Should we say it? So this name? is Jonathan Escalante. Yes. Uh, wow, Jonathan. Okay. I love this story for a lot of different reasons. Great setup that. of history. Mm-hmm. The background is great. Very well put. Uh, again, very like colloquially and very colloquial and fun. And then set up for a very scary thing with climax of potential ghostly uh, impact. And then the reveal at first seems like it's a relief, but then the reality is they almost got hit by a train. Damn train. Super scary. So insane. Yeah. This is kids are not to be trusted. No. Well, and this is why that, and then it's like, oh, of course, the whole thing about what makes that a dare is that you're stopping your train on the train tracks and covering your windows. You can't see the train coming. God, that's so scary. Also, just knowing that there's like big, like um, underpopulated, like a bunch of empty, nice farmhouses with like brand new furniture and just like horses and the people who take care of the horses there. Like yeah. you'd be dead there for so long before anyone knew. I know. I, yeah. That's what, you know, like it's funny. There is that belief, right? That people who live in the country are scared of the city and people who live in the city are scared of the country. Oh yeah. But I do feel like more messed up stuff happens in rural <laughs> areas. I, I don't know. Maybe that's not fair to say. I, I think there are more rural areas in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes um, sense. So, yeah. I know. I'm so helpless. Like, if a if a city doesn't have an ATM, like, I can't go. Um, <laughs> like, I'd just be dead. Yeah. I need for things to be so similar to where I am. Um, even, like, if I go home to my parents and they don't have food in the house, and it's, like, 11 o'clock at night, I'm like, well, I'm dead now. Uh, that's that's my experience when I'm in a rural place for like a wedding and like you go on seamless and there's one spot open and it's like a Carvel creamery 30 miles away. <laughs> You're like, oh. There's one place called pizza with a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> or, or then there's the other one, which is like um, Chris and I have been to some real rural weddings and, you know, we don't really drive and we just mm. assume there's Uber and Lyft everywhere or car services everywhere. 
but then sometimes it's just like there's one person in that town with a car and like we I, we were at a wedding of a friend of mine's a couple years ago and uh, we called like the town taxi service and he was like I can't I'm sorry I'm sick <laughs> we were like oh and that was just it there was like no other option yeah I've I've experienced this too I've been a, a quite a fool um, and then you have to like get a ride from a person that you sort of know. I know. And then I always feel bad. Always feel bad. Jonathan, thank you for sending this very scary story. Yes. Children's handprints. Um, put it, I, uh, to me in a movie when they like put down a ring of salt or like oh, yeah. any kind of white powder, either to keep something out or to see if there is like ghosty feet. Yeah. That's very scary to me. Like that scene in um, Paranormal Activity. I oh, think yeah. the first one. That scare me forever till I'm dying days. Because its feet are different. It's got big, weird feet, right? It's like it, three toes. Oh, God, I forgot that part. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I was just thinking that it was freaking um, walking, but it was a demon. Yeah, it's got like um, kind of like bird feet. It's got like, yeah, it's very unsettling to see. Kind of like bird feet. <laughs> um, that does sound like an ad for like a new Domino side dish, but they won't tell you what it is. It's <laughs> kind of like bird feet. Everyone's like, I'm on the fuck board. <laughs> Can I dip it in buffalo sauce? Then fine by me. Sure. Um, have you got one, Anna? Uh, we've got another one from a lisser. A lisser? <laughs> I'm a lisser. I'm a lisser. I'm a disser. I'm a pooper. I'm a pisser. <laughs> this is a good podcast. Okay, yeah, that's this, why you make the big bucks. That's why I make the big, big bucks. Um, this is called Paranormal Stories from My Dad. Ooh. Hi, Anna and Andrew. My partner love your podcast. My oh boy. My partner love your podcast. My partner and I love your podcast. <laughs> Guys, I just felt my brain pop. Um, I got to throw it in the sink and run some cold water on it like it's a bag of popcorn that started to smoke. And this is a uniform. We should just say all of your emails have had impeccable um, grammar and spelling. And if we mess up, it is because, again, our brain pop, our brain bad, you know? The brain don't work. The brain is a bad couch. <laughs> Gotta send it back. Yeah. Okay. Um, hi, Anna and Andrew. My partner and I love your podcast. I've had a few f- spooky experiences, but my dad has had various encounters with paranormal activity throughout his life. I should say I had a Taco Bell Baja blast before recording, and I think I'm wow. I think I might be dead. You're all jazzed up. I'm all jazzed down. I'm under a wave. <laughs> under a wave of hell. Um <laughs> My dad has had various encounters with paranormal activity throughout his life. What is this? You either have to be a child or like a a parent or grandparent. It's never your generation that has ghosts. It's always either up or down. That's true. I I, I don't know. I just feel like maybe the 90s and aughts weren't and the teens just weren't very eventful. So like before and after that, it's like there's just more likeliness that something spooky is happening. Yeah. Some kind of remove is necessary. Um. I figured I'd send you the one that has always stuck out to me, probably because he told actually told me and my siblings this around a campfire. Ha ha. This might be a pretty lengthy story. It's not. Um, <laughs> when my dad was a teenager in the 60s, he got a summer job. 
it was to clean this mansion in Connecticut so the state could reuse it as offices. Oh. Yes, this mansion had been unoccupied for some time, except for the groundskeeper that stayed on the premises. Oh, no. My dad and two other men arrived at the property, and it had acres of land. He told me that I don't know how an acre could be 20 square feet or 400 miles. I don't have any idea. Yeah, that's a good point. Does anyone have a good analogy for how big an acre is? Please, and keep it really, really achievable (laughs) and understandable. Andrew and I are dehydrated and dead. (laughs) Acres of land. It could be a lot, could not be. We don't know. I think it's a lot. I think it's a lot, too. He told me that there were tennis courts, a pool, and rows of exotic plants. The original owner who built the mansion was an industrialist from New York who would summer there for a few months with his family in the early 1900s. Anyway, upon arriving, the groundskeeper, an old man named Scotty, asked my dad and the other men there if they came to clean the house. They said they were, and Scotty cackled and let them in. The house had a great, a huge great room with a hallway that led to the back of the house where there were huge windows that showed the whole back of the property. Down the hallway to the left was the dining room. Attached to the dining room was the kitchen with an adjoining bathroom. Scotty showed my dad and the others where the cleaning supplies were. He then told them that he had to lock them in the house. No. WTF, right? Because they had people stealing the antique furniture that was left behind. They all were okay with this apparently and started cleaning. No. Uh, The 60s. Wow. Damn. They had cleaned the house for a couple days without any incidents, but on the third day, one of the other men couldn't make it. So it was just my dad and one other guy. They had finished downstairs and started cleaning the upstairs rooms. They started cleaning the addition that was added onto the house. My dad said that Scotty told them the Jesuits had purchased the property a while back, hoping to turn it into a seminary school. So the additions had rooms that were just a bed, altar, and a picture of Jesus that watched you no matter what angle you looked at it. Oh, no, 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 no. How, how does that work? I know there are certain portraits that where the eyes follow you. I don't... Is yeah, that just any portrait? I, I think it has to do with the... If, if the pupil and the light within the pupil is in the dead center of the eye, I think that is how that happens. And Andrew is famously a drawer. Do you guys I'm know a this? Drawer. I, Andrew's a drawer. I went to a magnet school for the arts and, and I did it in sixth grade and I wasn't good enough. And so I switched into theater. <laughs> Andrew did improv posters in college and that, that is legally, you're an artist. Mrs. Henderson sat me down and she said, Andrew, if you're going to do this, you're going to have to draw something other than werewolves. And I was like, good day, <laughs> madam. And I went into theater instead. <laughs> you just put sunglasses on. And <laughs> just... Everyone else was so, so much was so much better than me, and I just wanted to draw werewolves. So I think I ended up in the right place. No, it's not right. They shouldn't <laughs> get more specific before you. Wow, it's so stupid. No oh, one cares boy. that you have skills. Um, okay. Do, 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 do. Okay. My dad and the other guy started cleaning when they started hearing coughing and gagging sounds from downstairs. They both looked at each other and didn't think anything of it. What? (laughs) They continued cleaning when they heard the coughing and gagging again. They were locked in. So the other guy said that it must be Scotty and asked my dad to go check on him. Boomers aren't afraid of anything. They didn't have to be afraid of anything. I guess when you're, when you're not worried about a predatory home loans, 
maybe things you just are not, you're just a better person. When you don't have to like take on summer internships and just like <laughs> in the house and hear gagging and that's like fine. My dad walked downstairs and called out to Scotty asking if he was okay, but he looked outside and saw Scotty mowing the lawn. Oh. <gasps> then he heard the coughing and gagging once more and ran back upstairs to tell the other guy. They both stayed up there until they heard Scotty come in from outside. Oh, I'm getting scared. Oh, wow. This is scary. They told Scotty what happened and that someone may have broken in. Scotty cackled and told them that it was only the ghosts. They asked to explain what he meant. (laughs) Scotty said that he had been at this property since he was a boy when the original owner had built it. One summer when the owner and his family were there, the owner was eating breakfast. He had gone to the bathroom attached to the kitchen and started coughing and gagging and then dropped dead. After that, the family sold the house to the Jesuits, and while it was being renovated, they had some workers come and take care of the cleaning. One day, one of the workers went into the bathroom where the previous owner died. He then started coughing and gagging and died in the same spot as the owner before. I am about to drop dead. This is very scary. My whole body is tinglers. I'm scared. Scotty then told my dad and the other guy that the ghosts liked them, so they had nothing to worry about. Needless to say, my dad never stepped foot into the house again. He did continue to help work on the outside of the property. Scotty would always come up to my dad and tell him he should go back inside because the ghosts missed him. So creepy. (laughs) Scotty's a ghost, right? Are we all on the same page? (laughs) Yeah, I also think Scotty might be me in the future in the past. You know what I mean? (laughs) I think it's the fact that he's – I think that the high degree of cackling in this – Oh, yeah. ah. Like, it's a very specific form of laughter. Where it's like a sweet, friendly cackle to sort of cover a silence, but also then like <laughs> cackling about something crazy. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I know what you mean, me from in the future, from the past. That's how yes. I feel when I see um, Kathy Bates as the unsinkable Molly Brown in Titanic. <laughs> I'm like, that was me. <laughs> like, yeah, things worked yeah, out. No. Oh, you would knock that out of the park. And you did in the future, in the past. Thank you. So we lit a fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she lived, right? She did. Sorry. She survived. She's unsinkable. That's right. <laughs> did they get her? I guess I just assumed that there were like a bunch of other ships before. She died because she floated up into the sky. And it was the, the dramatic irony is what killed her. Yeah, she needed a little bit of sink. You got a you got balance. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, that's the story. This was really long, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. My dad has many more stories that I would love to share. Hope you both are staying safe and well. Heart. Thank you, Mike. Mike, this was another really good one. Truly. Wow. Um, This one. Yeah. I love the presence of cackling. I love cackling being used to describe male laughter because very often I think we associate cackling with like a witch, you know, or a crone, Uh, but anyone can cackle. That's true. Um, I'm hearing some fireworks. Perhaps you all are also hearing the fireworks. Oh, maybe. I'm not hearing them too much. It sounds like someone gently knocking. Oh, that's much scarier. <laughs> oh, I don't like that. This is good too. I love um I love a period a period hoor story. Period hoor. Uh because yeah, like just getting this sense of like it's the sixties, um, in a big old mansion. I, I don't know. I imagine they're like drinking Coca-Cola from glass bottles. 
Sure. You know what I mean? I don't know why I associate that with the 60s. No, I think that's absolutely right. I think, um, yeah, I, I just like your boss being like, I was here when this house was built. And then also being like, the ghosts like you. Mm-hmm. That feels very 60s. Um, yes, Scotty was running a good, like, if Scotty was joking, this is a great racket for him to have, which is just like, just mess with with some teens who are, you know, here to clean a, a mansion where two people have died. Gotta mess with the teens. Um, but yeah, that's, man, the like coughing and gagging in the same spot. I love that there's no like greater explanation than that. It's just yeah. like, yeah, weird, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, I think, I don't know. Th- that is a recurring element in a lot of gothic stories is like someone dying um, in a similar way, in a similar spot to someone they've wronged. In this case, it's someone who had no relationships, which is even scarier because. Yeah, it just sounds like he choked on something. Yeah. Oh, Have you ever, did you ever read that, that ghost story, The Romance of Certain Old Clothes? I think it's called. No. I, we we had to read it in high school. I'm going to look up who it was written by, but um, it's a very scary story uh, about, I think it's like about a, a, a girl who is, she's engaged to a man and she dies and then her sister marries the man instead. And the sister is going through the her like dead sister's old clothes. And then the new husband hears a scream and goes in and, his new wife has been clawed to death. Ugh. And it's just like, it implies that the sister came back from the dead. The romance of certain old clothes. It was written by Henry James. Oh, that makes sense. I will not be reading. I'm too yeah. scared. Uh, oh yeah. Viola dead on her knees in front of an open chest with 10 hideous wounds inflicted by ghostly hands. Ugh. Spooky. Um, yeah. But, but I think this is like a classic like gothic meets contemporary ghost story where it's like something horrific from the past is confronted with something normal from the present. Totally. Yeah. It's the, like the kind of lack of um, any moralizing around it is kind of refreshing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love a dad scary story. I love a dad scary. I love, I, I pictured him. I pictured him as a hot dad. I don't know if that's fair. Um, I know. Due to someone, I I pictured a lot of hair, big sort of, you know, monkey's hair, like the monkeys, the band. Yep. yep. Yeah, um, maybe even a beanie on top. Like, I'm, think, I'm thinking like one of the taller monkeys wore the beanie. You know what I mean? I don't, but I, I like it. <laughs> there, I Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think how to describe the different monkeys. There was like the famous one who everyone loved. Then there was the drummer who made the funny face and a tall, lanky one who wore a beanie. And then I think there was another one, but I can't remember what his defining characteristic was. Was it that he was in the monkeys? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what did it. Well, I think it's time for us to do a scary idea for things that could happen. I think you're right. Do you have uh, one, Anna? I do. You find one of those... Really delightful color changing pens that has the four different um, ink sticks where you yes. pull down the lever and it's a green and then 
it's a blue and it's a black and then you see the last one is like a disconcerting shade of deep brownish red and then you turn it a little bit more and you see regular red and then you turn it back and you see black and then you turn to green and then you turn around again and then it's the blood red color again and you're really scared and you watch yourself you can't believe you're actually doing this you slide your thumb down to see what happens and out of the bottom comes a really cool rainbow pen that you didn't even know could exist and that's exciting and it's it makes rainbow color it like as you draw it's all different color and then you realize that what you've drawn says you're bleeding but it's the wrong you're <laughs> and then you look up and you've got a big nosebleed that, that could, could happen. happen wow Horror stemming from those multicolored pens is a really untapped mine, gold mine, really. Uh, it's my favorite kind of pen. Um, <laughs> if anybody wants to talk multicolored pens, please at me. The um, desperation with which I feel like so many kids would try to bring up all four colors at once to draw, to write with. You can't. There's you none can't. of room. It'll get stuck. Um, yeah, I also realize that a lot of all of my um, scary ideas for things that could happen are just you look at the thing and then it's there and then it's not and then it's there and it's not and it's there and it's there again and then it's gone. I do feel like this is the first time a nosebleed has been incorporated into it though, which is great. I'm all about body horror. Body horror. Okay. Um, okay, here's mine. You're getting tired of quarantine. And you and your significant other have read almost all the books in your house. You've cooked all the recipes in the recipe books. You've watched all there is to watch on your various streaming services. And finally, you decide, let's play some board games. But you're not willing to commit to like a full sit-down board game that requires like a lot of strategy. So you agree on guess who. And you're, you've selected your card, you're looking at all your, uh, all your potential characters, and as you play, you notice that one of the characters, Anita, is looking at you with fear in her eyes, and with a strange sense of dread, you see that she's nodding and mouthing, no, 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 no. And sure enough, you look to the other characters, Philip and Bernard and Susan, and all of them have that same look of terror at your, like at your face. And they're nodding, no, 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 no. And you think your eyes must be playing a trick on you. So uh, your significant other guesses, and despite Bill looking at you with that fear saying no, you put his face down. And when you do, a little drop of blood falls out of his card. <gasps> that, that could happen. Bill. I didn't know where that one was going, and then it reached the end, and I felt bad. I don't want to hurt the Guess Who people. That's so scary. <laughs> I guess I'd rather something bad happen to the Guess Who people than to the person who's playing Guess Who, because I guess That's the Guess true. Who people are 
Um, That's true. But then what does it imply about that universe, you know? Yeah. Well, I guess like being the chosen person has just so much more weight. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, I thought they were going to say, look over your shoulder. Oh, that is also scary. Yeah. It would be like another way that could have ended is, is like you look down and you see yourself as one of the people and then you go look in the mirror and you're one of the guess who people. Oh, just very rosy cheeks. Very rosy cheeks. Um, bulbous nose. There were a yeah. couple, I, I do remember like when you're young and you're, be- and you're like, you're beginning to figure things out. I remember there being some characters that I like had a crush on in the universe, you know? Yeah. Well, the, most of the men were angry. I remember feeling like. Yeah. They didn't the want to be there. The women were happy to help out. I, I also, as a kid assumed because Susan looked a lot like, um, Oh my gosh. Uh, Joan Rivers. And one of the characters I felt like looked a lot like Dick Van Dyke. I just assumed as a kid, I was like, oh, all these are based on celebrities. And I spent a lot of time trying to figure out who was who. (laughs) Celebrity guess who is a million dollar idea. You gotta. gotta (laughs) I think that would be fun. I wonder how they're going to turn that one into a movie, you know? Because they are. I know. Or at least, you know, sort of a Zoom reading. Oh God. Yeah. Feel free to steal that, everybody. Uh, Anna, this was a really good one. Two very truly scary stories for different reasons. It's true. And it's that's just true. one of the many things you can enjoy and think about um, when you listen to our podcast. That's true. When you're Maybe you're walking a dog with your mask on, or maybe you're at the grocery store with your mask on. Um, any number of activities that you can do with your mask on. That's true. That said, at this at this podcast, we are here to tell you wear your mask. <laughs> That's true. That's the sole purpose of this podcast. From the very beginning, um, this is a World Health Organization funded podcast. It knew the truth before it told you people. Yeah, think about that. Think it about that. Um, so please continue to send us your ideas for the new uh, advice column segment. Um, we've started to get some. We're really excited about that. And also, if you would like some ghostly, otherworldly, or just spooky-related advice, uh, please ask us. Please, you should. And you can uh, you can put those questions to our Instagram or Twitter account, Scary Story underscore Pod, or email us at scarystorypod at gmail dot com. Yes, yes. And, and please do it if you're sitting on it. Send it to us. And if you're not sitting on anything, get, get out. out forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Dog. Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original Dog. podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.